The following is a recorded program of a live show. Please do not call in, but feel free to send messages on our WhatsApp line at 876-283-9533. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. May the peace and blessings of God be unto you. Hello dear listeners, welcome once again to your usual program brought to you by the Ahmadiyya Muslim community here in Jamaica answering your questions and also your concerns and the things you need to know about the religion of Islam. I am your host Imam Ibrahim Fawson. This program is sponsored by the Ahmadiyya Muslim community and as I always say for the knowledge of the new listeners the Ahmadiyya Muslim community is one of the over 70 denominations in Islam. This community believes in the advent of the reformer of the age in the person of His Holiness Mirza Ghulam Ahmed may peace be unto him. Spread across over 200 countries, the Ahmadiyya Muslim community is a peace-loving religious community which rejects any form of violence against God's creation. Our motto has always been love for all and hatred for none. In the course of the program, if you wish to be part of it, please send us a message via WhatsApp and the number to do so is 876-283-9533. Again, 876-283-9533. In the course of the previous weeks and the previous episodes on this program, we have been treating the life of the Prophet Muhammad, may peace and blessings of God be upon him. We took a look at incidents that um, prevailed before even he was born and also some biblical prophecies that foretold about his advent. And then in the other episode, we looked at the persecution that the early Muslims went through, the persecutions and the torture they were subjected to, including even the Prophet Muhammad wasallam himself. This, we said, is not just uh, peculiar to Islam. This is the situation that almost all the prophets of God and their followers go through. Today, we are looking at migration. It is reported and history bears record that after the torture and the persecution in the town of his birth, that is Mecca, the Prophet Muhammad wasallam at a point had to leave that beloved city of Mecca, which is today in Saudi Arabia, and then travel to a northern part of that town, about 450 kilometers to a city called Medina. We shall look at um, the last straw that broke the camel's back, exactly what precipitated the need for the prophet and his followers to leave the city of Mecca for Medina. To help discuss this topic as usual, I am joined by Imam Tariq Azim, who is president and missionary in charge of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community here in Jamaica. Imam Tariq, assalamu alaikum and welcome to the program. Wa salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Peace and blessings of God be upon you and all the listeners. So as I stated, today we are looking at the migration, which in Islamic terms is called the Hijra. 
last week we spoke about the persecutions that the Muslims went through, the persecutions, the torture, atrocities that were meted against them. There is an incident and also we know basically that initially the teachings of Islam were being communicated only within the city of Mecca or the town of Mecca. Um, did the Prophet at a point make any move to spread the message outside the town of Mecca and what happened? Yes, um, the Prophet of Islam, Holy Prophet Allah Muhammad, Allah. peace and blessings of God be upon him, he was commissioned by God Almighty to preach the message first to his family members and then to the people of Mecca, then to Arabia, and then, of course, to the rest of the world. Um, but because where he was living, the situation was such that he was having, he was facing extreme opposition, severe persecution, and many difficulties due to which it was, uh, you know, uh, hard to reach the people within that community to, you know, properly convey them the convey to them the message of Islam, yeah. and also these people created hurdles for the Holy Prophet peace be upon him to preach to the people coming from outside or from other areas as well. The culture of Arabia back then was such that it was difficult for somebody to just leave their town and travel outside and, and, and start preaching. The reason was that for you, to, for you to be able to go to another town, somebody would have to give you refuge. Somebody would have to take you in there, uh, you know, saying that I am his host and I, I will be his protector as well. Because okay. in the past episodes, we have talked about how difficult it was, um, you know, to the society was such that there was a lot of uh, uh, problems that people were not safe. And for you to be safe, either you had to be some kind of a chief or an elder or somebody looking after you or under some kind of somebody's protection that if you were to attack this person, it would be tantamount to attacking entire entire community or entire tribe entire tribe. community that has given refuge so it because of that reason it wasn't uh, much it wasn't possible much to go out and preach in that manner it wasn't convenient even though prophet uh, put everything to use whatever he could as we mentioned actually a couple of weeks ago that mecca was actually a center of arabia in the sense that pilgrims from all over arabia used to come there every year to perform pilgrimage this is not an Islamic. This was not an Islamic pilgrimage. This was uh, their yeah, idol worshiping and their kind of kind of gathering. Exactly, okay. and because of that, they used to come every year to the town of uh, to the town to the city of Mecca. It was a commercial hub. So the Prophet, Holy Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him, had been preaching the message to the people outside as well. And there may have been some luck, but it was very minimal because whenever the people were from outside would come. There were enough rumors that were spread about the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, which made it difficult to connect and give them the message um, uh, to accept. However, I mean, it was God's plan. Things happen according to God's plan. We look at Prophet Jesus, peace be upon him. He preached and preached and preached. Very few followers in the few years that he was there accepted him. And uh, I mean, uh, there, there's a slight difference in belief in our Muslim community and uh, the other, um, you know, people that accept Jesus, peace be upon him, uh, we believe that he migrated from there. And when he migrated from there, there was actually a very large community that he was able to establish in different parts of, the, you know, other parts other than uh, the Palestine-Israel area where he was living. So this is God's 
plan that however he decides things take place in in within uh, Jerusalem or you know Palestine area Jesus was a, only able to establish a few followers but later on his religion flourished so similarly prophet Muhammad peace upon him in the beginning years faced a lot of persecution and i feel that it it was on purpose from god almighty because god wanted to show that how steadfast the prophet was in his in his preaching in his character in every way and how patiently he continued to preach the message of islam despite severe persecution now what you know the persecution we've been talking about it since last episode it reached a point that the meccans said the people of makkah said that nobody will have anything to do with the muslims anymore nobody will buy anything from them if they have a shop nobody will sell anything to them no service can be rendered to them let them be on their own until they join our faith again we will not um, you know mix with them we will not mingle with them we will not even do any kind of dealing with them so this was actually a contract that was uh, you know written up and it was hung inside their uh, place of worship and put there and uh, so muslims again were in such dire situation at this point um, the uncle of the prophet abu talib hazrat abu talib he was not a muslim but very uh, you know sin- uh, sincere uh, in his help to the prophet and did everything that he could to take care of him to for his nephew so he owned some land outside of makkah and you know just like in a small valley it was a small place uh, just an open space and uh, he said that instead of the muslims living within makkah and you know in their houses wherever they live and not being able to do anything in the community let's go outside to that valley even though the life will be tough but at least together we will see what we can manage so they went there and uh, three years that boycott lasted severe hunger and difficult situation you know uh, continue to plague the muslims there also um after 3 years some good people from makkah who were not muslims but they said that we we have been too harsh with our brothers look at them that they are suffering because of us so let's end this boycott so finally that boycott ended and the muslims were allowed back into the you know community to some extent the persecution was still there but it was not that the boycott had been lifted you can say so after that i mean his uncle prophet's uncle passed away prophet's wife passed away and it was such difficult time for the muslims in general i mean um we've been talking about the persecution from last week and i mean our listeners who have heard our previous episode would have a very good idea that what it was like to live in makkah and what kind of challenges that posed so the holy prophet peace and blessings of god be upon him um had been you know uh, hoping that allah the almighty opens some door for him because he had this firm belief from faith that allah is the allah almighty will take care of him and his community so god almighty showed him a vision uh, a dream a spiritual experience where he saw himself that he is traveling and he's migrating or he has migrated to a town with the, with a lot of gardens trees and a very beautiful you know like in a, in a way very nice place Makkah on the other hand was very dry place there's not many gardens and not many trees around especially at that time so this this vision showed him that it's a different city but um he didn't know which town it was that god almighty might be showing him in his dream so very close to makkah there is a town called taif so the prophet in his mind that 
thought that it is possible a hint that God Almighty wants him to, you know, settle there, go there, preach there, and maybe some doors uh, of, you know, uh, prosperity, some doors of ease will open for the Muslims in that place. So what he did was him and one other companion, uh, Zaid, Hazrat Zaid, both of them went to Taif and they stayed there for several days. And in their stay there, they started preaching the message of Islam and inviting them to worship of one God and one God alone. He told them that I am a prophet of God, I'm a messenger of God. You know, he met every kind of person. He met the poorest of the people, he met the elders and the chief of the community. And he kept on preaching, but nobody would budge. Nobody would really listen to him. One time it is mentioned that he, met, he went to meet with one of the uh, elders of that community. And, uh, you know, the person simply rejected the message and disrespected the Holy Prophet, peace, uh, peace and blessings of God be upon him, as well as, uh, you know, showed complete uh, disregard and disrespect for the message as well. After that, the Prophet left from there but this person, the chief that he was, you know, the prophet was inviting to Islam, he felt that, you know, if this person continues to preach in our town, it is possible that the people might start listening to him and they might be affected by this message of equality and kindness and love. So he thought that, you know, instead of letting him stay here anymore, he's already been here for two, three or whatever days, let's have him, you know, uh, leave the town. So what he did was he got some young kids, urchins and like young boys from the street and told him to follow the prophet and throw rocks at him and chase him out of the town. That's exactly what they did. They started to hurl rocks at prophet and his companion, particularly aiming for the prophet and, you know, made him run out of town, go out of town. They chased him all the way out of town. The prophet, peace be upon him, later <laughs> explaining about this incident, he says that this, is the, this was the most difficult, most painful day of my entire life. The kids that had been, you know, kids or young boys, whatever they were, they, they, they threw stones at him so consistently for such a long period of time that he started bleeding so much that it is mentioned that his shoes, his shoes got soaked with blood. Drenching coming down his body yeah. and all settling into his feet. His shoes got wet and, you know, eventually far out of town, he found a place where Everybody, the kids and the boys had turned back and Prophet found a tree to rest under near a garden and sat down there finding some, you know, peace after that, you know, that moment of uh, extreme difficulty. It is mentioned that at that point, an angel appeared to the Prophet of God Almighty. And the angel asked that if I should punish these people, these people, they live inside a valley between the mountains if you command, if you command, I can, you know, crush them in between, meaning some kind of an earthquake or whatever. And these people, nothing will be left of them because of what they have done to you. Yeah. Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. You know, a, a man of mercy, a man of compassion could never bear that. He said, no, don't do that. They don't know what they're doing. They have no idea what they're doing. Perhaps their children will believe in Islam and you know, by, by punishing them, you're, you're basically condemning them for the rest of their generation. Nobody can ever accept if they're not, they're no, they no longer exist. So the Holy Prophet's peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, even in this moment of pain and extreme difficulty, did not pray against those people, but rather prayed for, the, for, for those people and their children that they believe, even if it is in the future.
So they mentioned that Prophet, peace be upon him, Sarah, rested Sarah. near a garden uh, underneath a tree. Uh, the owners of the garden, uh, they, they somewhat knew who the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was because okay. they, they had ties with Mecca. But they didn't come near, but they looked at the condition the Prophet was in, and naturally Allah put some compassion and mercy in their heart. So they sent one of their slaves, one of their servants. He was a Christian man. And these people, the owners were Meccan, so they were, you know, idol worshippers, perhaps. Um, so this Christian man, they sent, that was their slave, they sent uh, him to the Prophet, peace be upon him, with some uh, tray of fruits and different things to, you know, go and serve Prophet and his companion. So this man came and sat before the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, Salah, and, uh, you know, presented um, the, 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 the tray of fruits. So the Prophet just asked that man that, Christian man that where he was from and he replied that I am from the town of Nineveh and prophet said very happily you know smilingly that oh you're from the town of my brother Jonah okay. Jonah the prophet he was from the town of Nineveh and uh, prophet peace be upon him was very happy that you know he's to know that this gentleman has come from there so he said the town of you from the town of my brother brother Jonah and then you know that Christian man spent some time with the holy prophet peace be upon him and he was so moved by the prophet. These, these, the, the owners of the garden, they were observing from far, but you know, all this was happening. And that, that the person was so moved, that gentleman that who had brought the tray, that he kissed the hand of the Holy Prophet, peace be, peace be upon him. And, uh, you know, um, and, and appreciated even the love that he had shown to him, you know, even in that time when he was going through so much pain and difficulty, instead of complaining, nothing, gratefulness to God, and thankfulness to anybody that, that might help and, you know, showed extreme love. That man, eventually uh, affected by the message so much, accepted the message of peace, uh, Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, because he saw that this man had the same spiritual light. He possessed the same spiritual light that was possessed by earlier prophets, such as Prophet Moses, Prophet Jesus, peace be upon them, and, and so on and so forth. So this was the incident of Taif where he went to this town and he was very severely persecuted and even then he prayed for mercy for those people and uh, but again God was planning for him to move to a better town the prophet yet did not know but the plan was there for God from God Almighty so um, you have recounted yet another incident of um, persecution which of course might have been part of the reasons to leave um, the town of Mecca for Medina. You um, stated, and previously we uh, stated that the Muslims spent 13 good years in Mecca under persecution. Today you've added that out of the 13 years, three years of that was complete boycott, where the prophet and his followers were boycotted by the people of Mecca. Nobody could sell to them and nobody could I mean, buy from them. And within these three years, which is termed as the years of sorrow, his wife passed away and his uncle, who was also his main support, while growing up, also passed away. And then you have also recounted the incident at Taif. Taif, as you said, is a, a town nearby Mecca, and um, after the message was rejected in Mecca, he tried to um, travel to that city or that town to see if they would also accept the message. And uh, from what you said, 
he was met with the surprise of maybe his life that um he was chased out and you know beaten severely so much that his shoes became so slippery with his own blood after that let's look at the main migration leaving the city of mecca for medina and one thing also runs through the whole narration we have made from the two previous episodes we come to know that the prophet and his followers never at any time even protested the persecution that we are being subjected to uh, we see today civil society groups you know protesting sometimes even we have one man protest when things don't go um, in favor as they would want it to be here were people who were being killed who were being tortured for their faith and they did not you know um, hit back they did not complain even if they complained their, their complaint would only be i mean afforded to god the almighty who had commissioned the prophet what exactly um led to the migration of the prophet and his followers yes um so the prophet peace be upon him was constantly trying because god almighty had shown that that he will be you know the community will be settled into a new place a better place more uh, a place which will be more you know um, beneficial for muslims to preach and you know easier for them to um, live and continue, practice their faith so um, god started to open ways for a new place immediately so after he returned from taif the prophet peace be upon him saw that he witnessed that as I mentioned already, that each year people used to come to Mecca from other towns in Arabia for pilgrimage. And Prophet would convey to them and try to teach them about unity of God. Some would listen, majority wouldn't listen. But it so happened that uh, around that same time, after having the vision, some people who had come from this town called Yathrib, uh, which is now known as Medina, uh, people from this town, you know, some of them came. And they heard the message of Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. And they were so um, impressed that they accepted the religion of Islam. But they, they, they said that we want to keep it a secret because uh, for the they could, they could see that, you know, when whoever has accepted this message has been severely persecuted. So they accepted the message in, 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 in secret, basically. And they went back and started to preach that message to their people, to other people within their town, in the town of Medina. So uh, the next year when, you know, pilgrim, uh, time of pilgrimage came again, the same people who had converted last year, who had accepted Islam, they had brought so many more people that wanted to join the faith of Islam, that wanted to join Prophet Muhammad's religion. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. So the second year now, you know, when they came and there was a lot more people that had accepted Islam, they were eager to, in, you know, have the Holy Prophet wasallam live with them. So they actually invited the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, that you should come to our town and uh, you should stay there because here you are having so much difficulty in practicing your religion openly. And there's always persecution, always people trying to kill you and the companions. Why don't you move to our town? So the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, um, you know, he was awaiting God's instruction, divine instruction. He did not want to just say that, okay, I'm going to move now. He was waiting for divine instruction, but he instructed his companions that had accepted Islam, especially those who were uh, of, you know, uh, weak background and faced even worse persecution than other, other, other Muslims. He instructed them that you should migrate there. There is a community, Muslim community there, and now they will, you know, uh, 
give you refuge, they will take care of you. So the Muslims, many of them started to migrate to this new town of Medina. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, as I said, he, he was still awaiting divine instruction. So he did not uh, migrate just yet. So eventually, most of the Muslims had already migrated to Medina. The people, the Muslims in Mecca had migrated to this new city, Medina. And, um, and they were able to find peace there. And in interestingly, you know, when the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, received so, so. the instruction from God Almighty that you should now migrate also to this town of Medina, that very day, the Meccans were planning to kill him as well. You see, his uncle was, had now passed away, who was sort of his, uh, you know, in, in their social, traditional sense, uh, his protection. And now they thought that they were still afraid to kill uh, the Holy Prophet in the sense that if they were to kill him because he comes from a noble family, they were afraid that perhaps that his family will come after them. Even though the majority of them are not Muslim, they will still come after them. So they were not attacking him just yet. But one very, you know, um, uh, you can say, uh, a clever person from among the disbelievers from among the Meccans came up with this idea that what we can do is that people from different houses, different tribes in Mecca, one person from each of those tribes can go and God forbid kill the Holy Prophet peace be upon him. So there is no way that the family of the Holy Prophet peace be upon him can so fight with all of, all of Arabia. The tribes, if one person God. went, yes. So that was their plan. They devised that plan and they thought that it was so clever that the Prophet cannot get away. But interestingly, the Prophet, peace be upon him, had received instructions to leave um, on that very day. So he planned with the, uh, another companion. He said that Abu Bakr, Hazrat Abu Bakr, we talked about him previously as well. Uh, he said, you know, he asked him that Allah has given me permission to leave and I want you to accompany me. We, want, we should go together. So they made the arrangements and in the night, very quietly left the town. And keep this in mind that that is the very night that they were guarding the house of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, so that, you know, at nighttime they could go in and uh, raid and kill, Now you know, God forbid, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. That very night, in front of their eyes, but somehow um, in a way that protected by God Almighty, he left the town and was able to uh, leave the town unharmed. Next morning, you know, when the plot, when the plan to kill the Prophet, peace be upon him, failed, these people of Mecca, they got, the leaders, they got, you know, uh, angry. They got upset that how could this happen? We had this whole thing figured out. So then they had a very quick and urgent meeting. They sent out people, somebody who could spy, uh, who could find the trace, follow the traces of Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and see where he has gone. So the Prophet, peace be upon him, sure, and Hazrat sure. Abu Bakr, what they had done was that they had planned that we will leave the town and we will go outside, find a cave. They had planned it already, that we'll go to this cave and we will stay there, hide there for two or three days until the, you know, the searching parties for us have been called off. And then we will go towards our new town, Medina. So that is exactly what they did. They went to, they were hiding in that cave now. And now the people of Mecca, the disbelievers, the opponents of the Holy Prophet upon him, went out to look where the Prophet has gone. So with their experts in tracing and you know, tracing the footsteps and seeing uh, where somebody has gone, they continue to follow the actual trail of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah. Be upon him. It is narrated that they 
reached the mouth of the cave where the Holy Prophet was staying. It was such a, it is such a small cave. One can go and still see that how tiny that cave is where the Prophet peace be upon him went and stayed with his companion. How, you know, like such a small, yeah. tiny space that he would have had to crouch to get in and stay there, you know, sit there. And he was hiding in there. He was with the, with the companion. And these people are standing right at the mouth of the cave. And the companion of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, is worried that these people have reached. They're standing right outside the cave. I can see their feet outside the cave. And any second they will come in and, and, you know, uh, our lives might come to an end. And he says that I was not worried about myself. I was worried more about the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, because he was the one that I had been constantly trying to protect. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, told his companion at that time that La tahzan inna Allah ma'ana, that don't grieve, don't worry. Allah is with us. Allah will protect us. So what happened at that point was that the, when the Meccans reached the mouth of the cave, they saw that the cave, you know, there was a, 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 a huge spider web right outside of the mouth of the cave as if this cave has not ever been entered or touched for ages. There were, it is mentioned in some narrations that there was a, a nest a pigeon had set up right outside, uh, outside the cave as well, giving this whole feeling that there's no way that they can be inside. And they, have not, they, they, they are not here. Like, for example, nobody has been here for ages. So the person who was tracing the footsteps, he said to the rest of the people of Makkah that were with him that I see the footsteps coming all the way to here. I can trace them all the way to the mouth of the cave. But from here, I don't know where they went. Either they went into the heavens or went into the ground. Looking inside the cave never occurred to them because it seemed impossible to them that anybody could be inside. The people, the elders or the chiefs of Makkah that were, fo that were following this man that was assisting them, they said that this man has gone crazy, this person who was helping us because he has led us to a dead end. And they turned back from there. This is an example that how God Almighty, uh, you know, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, was protecting the Holy Prophet, peace, Holy Prophet, uh, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. And he, he, he's not unique to this. You know, every prophet experiences yeah. this, this, uh, this uh, where they, they are saved miraculously by God Almighty. Prophet Moses, peace be upon him, look at him. He was about, you know, there was uh, the sea in front of him and the army of Pharaoh behind him, but Allah the Almighty found him a way out of that. Prophet Jesus, peace be upon him, is about to be hung on the cross. And according to our belief, just like other prophets, he was saved from the cross. He was taken down much earlier than normal people. His bones weren't broken. Like usually the, it was broken for the people that were killed on the cross. Allah the Almighty saved him. Prophet Abraham, it is mentioned that he was thrown into the fire by Nimrod. You know, and Allah the Almighty protected him and the, they were not able to kill him and obviously you mentioned the prophet uh, jonah also his case is also right in front of us from a certain death they were saved sure. you know they, uh, similarly the holy prophet peace be upon him allah the almighty saved him because he was a true prophet of god just like the other examples we have we've just given and uh, and so the party turned back so after two or three days the holy prophet peace be upon him and and uh, his companion has abu Bakr, both of them they left uh, the cave and started to make their way towards Medina, the new town. They took an, um, you know, not the usual route going there again because uh, they were still searching for them. It was not like the search was completely called off. Rather, around that same time, they had uh, the people of Mecca had announced a bounty, announced a prize 
that if anybody can find uh, you know the holy prophet peace be upon him so, so. Uh, they were he was to be rewarded with hundreds of camels so that search was still on whether now random people meaning why when i say random meaning ordinary people were looking for the prophet as well so that they could claim that reward but allah the almighty safely guided them protected them and brought them to their to this new town of medina and uh, of course this this chapter this incident this travel uh, is an important part of islamic history because it started you know with this migration with this as you mentioned the word earlier hijra yep. we try we, it is uh, an arabic word which means migration this hijra started a new era for the muslim and it marked the start of islamic calendar so the islamic calendar uh, actually begins from the day or the moment that they uh, uh, the prophet peace be upon him migrated to this new town of medina thank you very much imam tarik azim and um you have given some detailed account of what transpired basically after all efforts were unsuccessful to get the message of the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam being stopped by the americans they used a different approach that is to kill him uh, because uh, basically he was communicating the message and if they killed him the message according to them would come to an abrupt end you stated that um the very time that they plotted to kill him allah the almighty had also revealed to him to leave the city of mecca and the tactics according to what you said and also what history uh, bears testimony to is that we have stated here once i mean some other time that um, the people of mecca were so backward in such a way that a minor dispute could you know end into years of war between tribe and tribes they were conscious of that fact and did not want a situation whereby in the future one person's tribe or one tribe will be held responsible for being the one that killed the prophet muhammad who belonged to a tribe that is a Quraysh tribe so to make it simple for them they designed to get one bad man as we will call here one 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 bad man from each of the tribes each of the nine tribes that existed then so that they all go and kill him and in that case no single tribe can take revenge of the other because we were all in that together strangely god almighty saved him miraculously from that attempt to the extent that history says that when they had surrounded his house that was the same time he was living but then they took him for a different person so when they saw him they went into hiding in order not to be apprehended you said they left they went into a cave and in the cave also there was another miracle that you know transpired finally you said that um, price was put on his head and the price was 100 camels that anybody who could bring him dead or alive was to receive 100 camels which also whet the appetite of people who wanted to um you know get him alive or dead by whatever means all these efforts proved futile and they could not capture him he went to medina he arrived in medina the city let's look at the new town or the new city that he arrived in 
how was it like i mean what what was the situation there like and um can you take us through that yes absolutely um i mean i encourage our listeners to read the book um life of muhammad written by uh, hazrat mirza bashiruddin mahmud ahmed uh, may allah be pleased with him uh, he was a second successor of ahmadiyya muslim community such a profound such an excellent book to read on the life of prophet peace be upon him and i mean we cannot even explain each and everything the way he has explained in the book that what was going on at that time and why certain things you know uh, took place in that in the manner that they did you know he, he has very beautifully explained everything and he has created uh, he has done extremely well in explaining the atmosphere um, you know that existed in different situations at that time for example when the prophet peace be upon him arrived in medina what the atmosphere was at in medina the jubilation the celebration the happiness the excitement i mean it's it's uh, people who had been you know thirsty to see their eyes were thirsty to see the you know uh, the, the holy prophet peace be upon him with their own eyes this is how much uh, excitedly they were waiting if, if i mean if anyone is interested i mean they can contact us and we have the books here and free of cost anybody is welcome to take them our number you mentioned earlier 2839533 so I, i would encourage our listeners to you know read this book it will benefit it will benefit you Our number is two eight three nine five three three. And also to add that a soft copy can also be sent. I mean, by whatever means. So if you cannot come physically for the hard copy, you can, um, you know, receive a soft copy of the book Life of Muhammad. Indeed, yes. Um, so when the Holy Prophet peace be upon him was about to reach Medina, uh, you know, the news of his coming had already reached there. The Muslims were anxiously waiting. it is mentioned that the days that it, that were expected that the prophet will be reaching the town in those days people would go you know stand um towards the you know city entrance or in near the city entrance where they can see from far that somebody or some caravan or some people are coming towards the town people would cr- climb tall tall trees and try to see as far as possible to catch the first glimpse of their prophet Holy Prophet Muhammad peace and blessings of Allah be upon Salaam. him. So finally, when they saw that the Prophet and the, you know his companions, two three of them are arriving, they were over the moon, and you know the news spread around Medina, and everybody came out to welcome the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. There was a, a grand welcome, you know, for this man. Many of them had never seen him, but they knew uh, because of his companions that what this man must be like. How. pious how righteous how kind how compassionate and loving this person must be and you know for that reason they were waiting for him so anxiously and uh, you know the children they were started reciting poems there's a very famous poem that uh, you know that they recited at this moment uh, the arabic wording goes as such that tala al badru alaina min thaniyatil wada tala al badru alaina min thaniyat wada wajab shukr alaina ma da'a lillahi da
translation of this poem is that, oh, the full moon rose over us from the valley of Vada, and it is incumbent upon us to show gratitude for as long as anyone in existence calls out to Allah. Oh, our messenger amongst us, who comes with the exhortations, the message to be heard, to be heeded. You have brought to this city nobility. Welcome you who call us to a good way. So this is just a, a short poem that they had written and it has become you know, historical in the Islamic uh, literature and you know, books. Uh, this is how excited and uh, happy they were. So the prophet, peace be upon him, came into the town and they were, he was received with, the, you know, with this enthusiasm. After, short after arrival, you know, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, um, start, uh, he purchased the land and uh, he started to build a mosque over there and also a house for himself and some of the other companions. So that is one of the first things that started to happen as soon as he arrived. But one other very interesting incident upon his arrival uh, that I want to mention, in the, it is known in the history as Mawakhat. Mawakhat means uh, to, to you know, establish brotherhood, basically. This yeah. was something historical. This was something that we can all learn from. So now the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, has just migrated from Mecca to this new city, Medina, and many other Meccans that were persecuted and were suffering in the town of Mecca have also migrated in the number of hundred or more, you know, and they were living in this new town. They did not have much or not, I shouldn't say have much, had nothing because whatever property, houses and whatever they owned was in the previous town. They had nothing. And in this new town, they didn't know anybody except the Muslims that had welcomed them into this town. So the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, established this brotherhood. He, you know, got one person from the Meccans, got one person from the local town of Medina, and he said that you two will be brothers and you two will look after each other. And he did that with, you know, uh, nearly everybody that had migrated from Mecca to this new town. And the people of Medina welcomed that, this, this, this initiation, this move by the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. And they, they treated them more than what real brothers treat each other like. Everybody, you know, who had migrated got taken care of in this way that they became family, you know, in a way. And... Uh, these brothers, they, 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 their brotherhood became so strong that they continued to look out for each other even until their demise. You know, after each other's demise, they continued to look out for each other and treated each other exactly like families. Because that was the instruction given by Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, that, salam, you, salam. that you are brothers now, and you should, brothers in faith, and now you, should, you must take care of each other as you would for your, you know, your blood, a real brother. So that's exactly what they did. And they set uh, unprecedented examples of sacrifice for their new brothers who had, you know, uh, come from th the, this new town. So the people of Medina, they were living in their town and the other ones from Mecca had nothing. One brother from Medina, he offered one of his, other, one of his brothers from Mecca that, you know, um, I have so-and-so business and I'm willing to uh, give half of that to you. I have... Uh, you know, more than one wife, I can give, I can keep one and give one to you. Again, this is not an Islamic tradition, but this was just because out of his sacrificial sense, he thought that uh, maybe I should divide up everything and give half to my brother. That brother, Abdul Rahman bin Auf, he was, you know, uh, a, a very successful businessman back in Mecca. And uh, he, you know, he was 
He was quite rich there, but in this town he had nothing. So he said to this to his brother that just show me the way to the to the market. I will find my way, and I appreciate your you know your your love, your kindness, and your courtesy. Just show me the way, and then that should suffice. So um, you know, th- th- I'm just giving one example. There's yeah. many more examples yeah. how the brothers. Um, you know, the brotherhood established by the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, the brothers in that looked out for each other and their families and not just for that moment or the first year or so, but till, you know, uh, death departed them, till their last breaths. So this was one of the first few things that happened once the Prophet, peace be upon him, arrived in this new city of uh, this new city called Medina. Thank you very much, Imam Tariq Azim, once again. And um, there is this quotation in the book of Matthew, chapter 13, verse 57, which is also recorded in the book of Mark, chapter 6, verse 4, that Jesus Christ, may peace be upon him, is reported to have said that a prophet is without honor in his own hometown. We studied or we learned about the treatment the prophet muhammad wasalam, may peace and blessings of god be upon him and his followers were subjected to in his own hometown that is called mecca and i'm um, listening to what you said about um, his entry into the new city which is now called medina the um you know the happiness and the joy that the people of medina received him with and also the eagerness to see him, be the first among the first to see him, was something that could be, I mean, um, you know, only uh, tagged with the expression Jesus Christ, may peace be upon him, is reported to have said that a prophet is without honor only in his own um, hometown. You also mentioned the uh, tie of brotherhood that the prophet established among the people, the immigrants, and also the residents of Medina. And this is something that the world today needs to learn from. And this is a good example the Prophet Muhammad said for us over 1,400 years ago, where the migrants and also the, um, the residents were able to live together as brothers without um recourse for any you know dispute or argument at medina where the prophet now you know was accepted where did he stay can you give us some information as to where he stayed yes so as soon as the holy prophet peace and blessings of allah be upon him arrived in medina you know all the muslims wanted to have the honor of hosting the holy prophet peace be upon him However, this honor came uh, to one companion. His name is Abu Ayyub. Hazrat Abu Ayyub, may Allah be pleased with him, um, you know, hosted the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. And uh, he had a two-story house and he had given, uh, you know, the bottom floor for the convenience to the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. And Prophet, peace be upon him, started to stay there. The host was so careful not to, you know, cause any trouble to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, that after, once the Prophet moved into the, you know, bottom floor of the house, um, he was so uncomfortable on the top because of being Prophet at the bottom that he said, whenever I walk on top, I feel 
disrespectful that the prophet of allah is you know staying underneath below in the bottom floor so he he expressed that um, you know discomfort to the holy prophet peace be upon him that i feel uncomfortable because of you because of your spiritual status you staying a, a, a story below i suggest that you take the top floor and let us be in the bottom floor so the holy prophet peace be upon him you know struck them off saying that don't worry about it it's all right um it is uh, the whatever arrangement you have made is fine i'm don't you know don't stress yourself over it yeah so the companion uh, went away but later on again he what happened was one time he said he says that one time i was uh, uh, upstairs and uh, i i spilled or we spilled some water meaning him or his wife or somebody spilled some water and the holy prophet's room was right, right underneath theirs so he said we were we got so worried that if any of this water leaks to the uh, to the floor below it might affect the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam sure, because sure. the houses back then were not the way they are today so you know like easily water and things like that could soak through and what not so this uh, uh, he said that i quickly grabbed a cloth or a towel or something to dry off the land uh, dry off that part very quickly to soak up the water so he said i did that but later my fear was that you know this might bother the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam So he says later I explained this incident to the Holy Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and and he uh, and I told him you know that this is the difficulty that we had and I really don't want to cause any trouble to you but uh, it you know I I feel very uncomfortable all the time that we might uh, trouble you with something so the prophet peace be upon him without uh, you know he understood that he even though um, you know it was uh, they had more probably more space upstairs perhaps or whatever the reason might be yeah Uh, but the bottom was more convenient that's why they had initially offered that to the holy prophet peace be upon him sure, later sure. the the holy prophet peace be upon him moved upstairs and that family moved downstairs so the prophet peace be upon him stayed sure. there for some time and uh, there was other people as well that were now expressing their desire more eagerly that we want to host the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam one very interesting uh, you know uh, incident took place at this time um there was a uh, a lady had who had just accepted islam and you know she was now spending more time in the in the muslim community and around the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam she had her son and her son's name was anas hazrat anas anas is an arabic word which which comes from the root word of love and uh, so she brought her um, son in the service of the holy prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam she you know being coming from poor background she said i don't have much but i want to serve you you know being a prophet of god almighty here is my son a young child please take care take him in your company he will serve you he will help you in every matter whatever you need but i just want him to grow in your company and be able to serve a prophet of god almighty so hazrat anas this companion anas he spent you know his youth his childhood and then later his uh, you know his youth as well some of it in the in the company of the holy prophet muhammad sure, sallallahu alaihi wasallam later when the prophet peace be upon him passed away this companion went on to live a very long time by some narrations it is mentioned that he lived uh, around 100 or more than 100 years uh, you know he had an age of over 100 years before passing away so many people benefited from his presence in different parts of arabia and what not where he Uh, told them about uh, you know the stories and experiences of the holy prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam he used to say that you know i came to the holy prophet peace be upon him when i was a kid and i lived with him i served him helped him whatever i could 
until the day he passed away, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, I was around him. Never in my life I saw that the Prophet spoke unkindly to me, nor did he ever admonish him in a manner that was harsh or anything. And he says, never, he never gave me a task that was, you know, harder or more difficult than what I could actually handle. Then yep. he spoke about the compassion and kindness of the Holy Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa and, and this testimony of this man, this companion, Hazrat Anas, is extremely important because he came to the Prophet at a time when, you know, there were still only a few followers, a few hundred or some followers around the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. There were people out there trying to kill him, you know. There were people out there trying to um, persecute the entire Muslim community. And he, most of these people that had migrated from Makkah to Medina, including the Prophet himself, had nothing with them. There's no family around them. There was no uh, business, no properties, nothing at the time that they moved from there. So, I mean, he saw the Holy Prophet wasallam at that time. The Prophet expressed uh, love and compassion and kindness. And he saw, he was with the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. Later, even when the Holy Prophet became the ruler of Arabia, king of Arabia, and even then, the behavior, the character of the Prophet, peace be upon him, did not change. He remained humble. He remained kind and compassionate as he was before becoming any of that. He stayed simple, you know, the way he was before. He continued to practice kindness and compassion towards all human beings, what, you know, whatever background, whatever class or society they came from. This was Holy Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And this, this testimony of this companion, uh, Anas, may Allah be pleased with him, speaks volumes. So the Prophet, peace be upon him, uh, as we were talking earlier, stayed, um, you know, uh, in, in with, with various hosts, or at least for some time with Abu Ayyub Ansari. May Allah be pleased with him. The completion of his house, as well as the mosque that was being built, it took about seven months to complete. Then the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, Sarah, as Sarah. well as other migrants from Mecca, they found their home and then they, you know, they built their homes and then they moved into those homes. This is also very interesting to remember that Prophet, peace be upon him, even though he was a prophet and considered an elder, you know, a king to those people, yet he helped in the construction of those things. Even when the companion said that, oh, Prophet, you should rest, he would say, no, that I, I, I must also contribute in whatever way I can. So this is uh, the, you know, um, basically how the Holy Prophet was. And this is his first few months um, after moving to Medina. Wow. Another incident of um, resemblance uh, with the historic um, incident also recorded in the Bible. Basically, you mentioned that when the Prophet Muhammad wasallam entered Medina, everybody wanted him to be his host. And then he, in order not to offend anybody's sensitivity, he instructed that they should allow him and wherever his camel would stop that's where he's going to you know reside at least for that short time and the camel stopped by the house of the person you called i mean you mentioned as hazard abu ayub ansari and then that is where he um was hosted it you know takes my mind back to a historic record which is also in the bible in luke chapter 19 verse 1 to 10 about zacchaeus the tax collector when jesus christ May peace be upon him entered Jericho 
and uh, people wanted to host him. Everybody wanted to be his host, basically. And uh, people were so anxious to see him. But being a person of not of full height, could not see him, so he climbed a tree. And um, to his surprise, Jesus Christ, when he spotted him sitting on the tree, said that, don't worry, I'm going to be in your house. So basically, if we study the lives you know, of the prophets, they have similar um, you know, life incidents that indicate that, yes, they were truly sent by God the Almighty. And um, that is more the more reason we need to study about them well and also to accept them and the messages they brought. Thank you very much, Imam Tariq Azim, for um, taking us through the third episode on the life of Prophet Muhammad peace and blessings of God be upon him, particularly um, looking and, I mean, taking a look at migration, that is the journey from Mecca to Medina and um, the incidents that happened before and also the incidents that happened during the journey and after the journey. Um, to our listeners, thank you once again for always being part of us and also the show. Without you, this program wouldn't be as it is. Here is all that time would allow us on today's program. Until we come your way next time with another episode from the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. It's love for all and hatred for none. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Hey, Dad.